So it's Yay! Like, cool. I like that, making that sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great sound. <laughs> October 15th, 2017. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And welcome to Blade Runner 2049 FanCast, where we discuss all things Gosling, all <laughs> things Ford, all things Benicio Del Toro. He's not involved in this project, but we discuss him. And no, this is Pixels Weekly. Welcome to Pixels Weekly. <laughs> Sandy, I could tell that he was about to hijack the start of the show, just <laughs> listening to his different voice tone. Like, I thought it was like, you know, CNN live news coverage. Um, breaking. Yeah, everything was breaking. intense. I'm, I've got a good energy about the show today. Have you guys seen Blade Runner? I have not seen it. I have not seen it, but I plan on. And I... And I I had this thought, I remember two weeks ago, driving through New York for one of the rarest time, driving with my girlfriend's mother's um, car, and I was noticing Blade Runner's um, advertisement, and I was like, yeah. you know, it's been a while, I haven't really um, <clears throat> seen a movie uh, really blow up, and, and me not noticing that it was about to come out. And so I was like, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of thinking, what if Blade Runner was this killer um, killer movie because Logan I saw it coming like all the latest great movies yeah. I saw them coming and um, I forgot the other one that I was noticing last time that I really loved uh, so, yeah. but this one Baby was Driver? unexpected yeah but, but Baby this Driver one, everyone loved yeah but this one was unexpected in my record book and so I was like oh what if this one is actually like killing it and it actually turned out to be true and so now I'm like I gotta catch up gotta watch it I'm not gonna lie to you guys spoiler alert this is I think the best movie I have seen, and by the way, if, if for our audience, if you want to skip all the spoilers, fast forward to one hour into the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, don't do that. Don't skip a second. Oh, they probably did already. Bummer. <laughs> Damn. Um, so that's when we, let's do an hour of silence. We'll insert an hour of silence here and then start the video game talk. I'm, no, this, for real though, this movie, uh, look, the first one. If you watch the first one and you say, this is kind of weird, this is kind of slow, this is kind of boring, you're going to feel pretty similarly, I imagine, about the second one. But if you're into films as art, films uh, in a way that only Yannick's French brethren, Denis Villeneuve, could, <laughs> um, could uh, present. Uh, did you guys see Arrival? The Arrival? No. Arrival with the... Um, Arrival? Amy Adams, they kind of go up into a spaceship and they talk to aliens or whatever in it. And um, spoiler for that movie. That was an amazing movie. <laughs> and Dennis Villeneuve did that. He's back again. Uh, Hans Zimmer and Johan Johansson do the soundtrack. It's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's like the soundtrack is a mix between something like the original Blade Runner, a John Carpenter thing, and Inception with the blasts mm -hmm. all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um and every single piece of it, every single frame of the movie looks like a, a work of art. So it's an amazing movie, great story, um, and it's perfect in every way. But this is not a video game podcast, is it? I mean, not a movies podcast. <laughs> this is a, 
We are a video game podcast. <laughs> this is a video game podcast, not a movies podcast. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Ryan is just Ryan is just taking us where he wants to take us, you know. <laughs> I'm turning us into a cinema podcast solely. This um, is not a video game podcast. Okay. Man, um, so um we have a lot to talk about this week. BlizzCon is our next episode. I don't know how we're going to record it, by the way. I'm going to just try and bring some stuff that should yeah. work and mm. hope that we can maybe we all pass around a microphone or two and, and get cozy. Um, make some s'mores. Make some s'mores, yeah. Maybe we have Ari on the show. Does Is Ari interested in that? We'll talk <clears> to him. Yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, we're going to have a pretty large group with us. Yeah. So anything can happen. Anyone can show up. I Maybe someone wait. who's never been on the episode before. Mm, isn't that exciting? I don't, I don't know. Um, I and we have a wait. lot to talk about this week. I've got some SNES stuff to talk about. I've got SteamWorld Dig I'm going to be talking about. I also want to talk about Stardew Valley and Forza 7 and Loot Boxes. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's right. That, that's the benefit of us being a two-week uh, show now. Uh, everybody can freak out and calm down about the news <laughs> in the time that we don't record. Um, what, do you, what, are, what are some of the things you guys are going to be talking about? I guess my whole thing is I went to Comic-Con last weekend, and I did a lot of game panels uh, because that's what I go to Comic-Con for, for video games. Why not? Of course. And let's see what else. Uh, played some Overwatch. Played some PUBG. That's I guess shooters are my thing now. I know. What? Yeah, and Destiny's so coming weird. out on PC in just two weeks. So uh, are we all gonna be playing that together time on PC? In a day. Hell yes. Okay. Hell yeah. I want to talk. Uh, it, this is a total aside. I know we 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 try and just just smush all of the. Because we, we, we didn't talk to each other in two weeks, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. Yannick, I'm starting to regret leaving the clan. Yeah, so <laughs> I saw you leaving the clan. So for people that don't know, yeah, Ryan and I are in the same clan on PS4, and I've seen uh, Ryan leave the clan. I got a notification on my phone from the Destiny 2 companion app, and I saw you know Ryan Quintal leaves the clan. I was like, hey, but I immediately texted you, yeah. and I was like, hey, but, but why, why are you leaving the clan? He was like, well... I just, you know, I just, I'm preparing, I'm not playing PS4 and I just kind of want to recenter myself onto PC. I was like, well, I don't know how it's going to work, but my guess is that maybe the clan can remain the same for PC and not kind of work cross platform, but a clan is like on Bungie database. Maybe you, you know, I will just, yeah. you will just, we'll just belong to the same clan. I was like, yeah, we, you know, because I play with different people on PC, people from IGN and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, so we need to talk about this. We need to settle it down. I don't know yeah. what your reasoning was and what your impulse was, but. Well, look, we have the, uh, in our Discord, for, for the listeners that are in the Discord, you already know, we have our voice room, Shobity, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just, just comes from the joke of whenever somebody says something or claims any sort of thing that we will go, essentially, sure, buddy. Sure, um, sure, buddy. Yeah. In the sure. Massachusetts sure. accent, so I was like, I'm gonna make a surebody mass clan for me and Tyler, and I invite. I think I invited Sandy, and she does. She doesn't have any clan yet, right? She's just on PC, so she's using her Bungie account to accept. And immediately, by the way, uh, any rewards that I could have picked up for you guys completing the raid last week disappeared from Destiny, <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> 
all of that extra free stuff I've been getting <laughs> has been thanks to the hard work of Yannick and Sam and and uh, Vishal and and Davis and all these people. Um, so that immediately stunk. And then also, like, I don't want to... I wasn't leaving the clan because I was like, F the middle out clan. I was leaving the mm-hmm. clan because I was like, I'm 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 a little maybe a little too casual for these guys. I don't want to, you know, bring it down or whatever. And I wanted to make sure that my clan when you read the description of Sherbany, Massachusetts, I said, "Look, no judgment. Everybody's welcome." And it's not that middle middle out did this. I just like made it part of my credo. And I was like, "Look, I'll just I'll have this." And I and I just been solo grinding this past week or two with um getting clan xp which once you hit the personal limit you realize you can't even get your clan to level two um by yourself in a couple weeks so um if middle out will have us maybe i should get sandy curtis and tyler all into the middle out clan and start just be the administrator of the pc branch um, (laughs) of the clan will be one of the main ambassadors for sure. And Davis is, is still part of the middle Eye clan and you can definitely join us back. It, we'll, we'll take it more. We'll qualify this more <laughs> we'll as a, misunderst- a misunderstanding, <laughs> you know, uh, a little. You accidentally hit the button. There was a cat involved. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, we'll because see. like, honestly, one of the highlights of me playing was a couple weeks ago after we ended the show, I went and we did the raid and we were up all night and we didn't beat that boss. But even though we accomplished technically nothing, <laughs> it felt really good and i loved playing yeah. with you guys i love playing with um was it, it was Captain. your first experience yeah yeah and so that was a lot of fun so this is this is me tentatively dissolving my clan and you know running with my tail between my legs back to middle out but um <laughs> anyway i just wanted to apologize if there was any weirdness um that's all good. And that probably could segue into um, my first piece of news, which is, yeah, yeah I mean, we, we did complete the raid and, and I could give you a little bit of my feedback about the raid and, and, and hopefully we have the, the experience uh, kind of refreshed with uh, the prestige, which should come uh, by the time this podcast is out. Um, even though they delayed it one week later, uh, this the raid prestige, a.k.a. hard mode, um, it's supposed to be out, and hopefully I get a chance to try it uh, on PS4 before starting my PC journey. Uh, but the the raid, I really enjoyed it. It was really something different, something we have never experienced before. Uh, the encounters themselves are really interesting. That being said, they at some point I, I have this feeling that I will get as the more I get used to them, the the less I will fail at them. I don't know what like the other raids, uh, fighting actual bosses and it's not like their difficulty was was higher it was just that it was easier to fail it was easier to make mistakes uh where those those fights before the final boss are more like encounters and they're just like mobs that you have to avoid you have to run around you have to play a little bit of a hide hide and seek in the in the gardens you know with the dogs and we did that together yeah um so it's more like encounters where Failing is is not that punishing, but then then and that's my that's my biggest feedback about the raid. I feel like this final boss is not the best final boss I've fought. Not the best 
boss I fought in um, in normal in normal mode of a raid. Uh, let me explain you why. The normal mode allows you to res to resurrect people, and 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 the normal mode has always been uh, challenging final bosses, of course, but it's always given you a chance to a second chance. You know, a chance to get back on your feet. Yeah. You know, you like. You, you fall, you're like, there's a little fuck up and then someone is able to, you know, bring everyone back together. It needs a little extra effort, but it's always a, a way, you always have some way to recover. In this raid, in a particular mechanism, um, and I, even if I spoil it, people might not understand, but it's really just like about a small detail. And if you miss that detail... I think I know and, what you're talking about. And while you have to deal with two, three things at the same time, if you miss one of those two, three things... Um, it's over. It, it's over for the for the entire team. Yeah, there's no way for you to you know. It's it's really about the mechanic that tells you, hey, you know, if you're not surviving, three people surviving here, because uh, the fire team is kind of divided in two teams of three. If you're not surviving here, it's over. And this part, this like step, you have to repeat it at least two or three times yeah. to beat the final boss. So it's great. You know, you need to master it. There's a difficulty spike, but. One thing about it is that if you don't fuck up, the fight feels really easy because there is no other really complicated things. There is no sure. phase two, yeah. phase three. You know, it's like rinse and repeat. Uh, but what you rinse and repeat is something that will not be forgiving you. Um, and that is something that I'm a little bit bummed about because um, it, it grew out inside of me out of frustration. And then it grew out, out of me when I when I defeated it. You know, this is not me rambling and ranting about a boss that I cannot beat. Um, I did beat it, um, and and even after that, when I beat it, I was like, well, you know, if all goes well, it's not really not that complicated, you yeah. know. Uh, but um, but if all goes bad, things go <laughs> really bad. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I know what you're saying. It's so. uh, yeah, and I felt I felt like as a new person too, especially the the first couple of times that we hit that boss, I was like, God. I can't imagine somebody because the rest of the game does not prepare you for the mechanics in that no. boss, no. right? So it's just like if you get there as a player, and you you're maybe you're even doing guided games or whatever. If you're, there's not great communication, it's just like, oh well, that's how it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, and then right. rinse and repeat and try, and then uh, we had a little bit of lag issues, but those are like instabilities that happen in the first week of the raid. But um, overall, it's a great experience. Like you said, the teamwork always is always here. Uh, the rewarding communication, like the same yeah. thing, those mechanics, if you go in without a mic, you're not going to beat it. It's impossible. <laughs> you no, need, like, I feel like I'm going to get yelled at a lot. Sandy, stop. <laughs> Sandy. I, I don't think so. Well, maybe. I but I, um, I honestly believe um, that it is one of those scenarios where you there'll be so much communication when we go through it on PC and, I'm, mm -hmm. and uh, Yannick, you are planning on picking it up on PC as well. You said, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah. I mean, with unfortunately there there's and you know, Davis yeah. potentially. And yeah, I mean, I'm excited to dive in, but it's like, uh, I have uh, had a few friends on PS4 that have been kind of like bummed out about the difficulty spikes that is not very high on the end game of destiny, you know? Um, some people that have played destiny one year one are, are seeing a lot of like, uh, intricate mechanism and, and dynamics in the game that reward more of like the casual players and so when you want to spend like you used to spend when you want to spend a lot of hours into it you just kind of like 
um, when you spend, spend a lot of hours into it, you just kind of like, you know, I, I don't even need to. Why am I doing this? Why do I want to reach the light, the maximum power level, which is 305? If yeah. I'm level 300, I still can do everything. And they just released recently Iron Banner, um, which, which is I am the bad PvP, at. which is the I PvP, learned. which is a PvP event that has always been. There is no great innovation. That's something I'm bummed out about. One thing about the weapons that I would say, and I haven't tried all of them, they're you know mostly average. Where they've always been, um, Iron Banner weapons have always been the best PvP weapons because they are the ones for that high end activity. Oh. But most most importantly, and I don't know if it's temporary. Uh, we haven't gotten confirmation from. Um, from 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 Bungie, but um, they've had um, they 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 the light level the power level didn't matter. Um, you know, if you were in the past on Iron Banner, if you were to be level three hundred, let's say, you would have a damage advantage over someone that you fight, and that is let's say a level two eighty. You know, um, it would be that kind of like um, multiplier on your damage, that power level will, will affect how powerful you are fighting other, other guardians. You would be more resistant if someone hits you and he has a lower power light level than you, a power level than you and vice versa. You'll be more powerful, uh, hitting him. So this mechanic is out, is not like enabled right now. And I don't know if it's going to be, um, but none of the PVP activities, even the trials, the trials of the nine, the very, very competitive one, uh, doesn't have light level enabled and then people are concerned they're like well f why 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 do i even need to like i can come up and like you know um i don't need to grind for gear and and and, and i don't need to find the best gear it's uh, like an effort to, to make succeed. it quote fair for everybody they actually made it fair for everybody yeah and yeah, yeah. Uh, that may potentially have been a mistake so it's inclusive, but for people that, and we are the minority, you know, the hardcore are the minority, and I, I don't even consider myself a hardcore anymore, but if I wanted to go hardcore on PC, now that I see how it goes on PS, from playing on a PS4, I don't know how invested I'm going to be. Uh, I will be invested, but I, you know, I kind of know what to expect. And uh, we'll see, but maybe they'll change things up. Maybe they'll add more content. That's their that's their goal is to add more content as we go. And I uh, can't wait to see their roadmaps. They're supposed to publish more roadmaps and everything. So, you know, it's still early and they want, you know, they also introduced a new map, a reworked uh, Destiny 1 map with the release of Iron Banner. So they plan mm -hmm. on having this like punctual content release, free content release. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't want to make this news too long. We've talked enough about Destiny, and uh, uh, definitely gonna uh, speak about it in two weeks when we are when we're at BlizzCon and and give you the impressions on Destiny to PC for sure. Hope for the future. Hope for the future. <laughs> Sandy, hit me with some news. Oh. Hit me some wet wild news. Wet wild news. Mm. <laughs> dub dub dub. Speaking <laughs> about like Overwatch. Uh, over the, the course of this week, I was reading that Wall Street, for the first time in a while, has actually deemed the Activision Blizzard a stock risky. Hmm. And that's because there's no confidence in the Overwatch League. Uh, and that I makes sense have to, to me. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of do have to agree because it's it's weird. I was looking to see... So Dallas has a team, their team, Dallas Fuel. Boston has a team. New York has a team. New York's team is being imported from South Korea. And 
my whole thing, if this is meant to be a global event and it's supposed to be U.S. versus Korea versus Europe and all that stuff, kind of like the Olympics, we don't have, for lack of a better word, foreigners representing us at the Olympics, at this world stage. And it's kind of weird that the entire New York team doesn't have a single American or a single New Yorker on the team. Yeah, that is weird. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, like basketball, football, you trade and you switch people around from like different states, different countries. Yeah. In baseball, like you have some people from different countries coming over, but it's one player and it's usually the exception. Yeah. And then people who do come into the sports team from somewhere else find their way of cementing roots into that city really quickly. And the New York team is actually going to live in L.A. Mm -hmm. for the preliminary Overwatch League event. Mm -hmm. And then after that's over, then they'll move to New York. Mm. Weird. I'm like, that's kind (laughs) of... Why don't they have a place in New York? I mean, BlizzCon's like two almost a little over two weeks away. Yeah. So I get that they should be at their training, but they should still have something here. They shouldn't be out here. Ooh. We're on fire. Well, uh, well, there's yeah. I mean, there's. It's funny. I don't know. I and, and I want to piggyback on your news and talk about Rogue. Have you heard about Rogue too? I mean, Rogue was always this uh, successful team that got dismantled because not uh, able to uh, sell its roster to a new organization after they failed to qualify for the uh, for the Overwatch League, uh, finishing at fifth place of the Overwatch Contender Tournament. And uh, the whole team, this team that has been able to, to challenge the Asian teams, uh, uh, got dismantled. And, and some, like two of them are apparently reportedly uh, making plans to sign with Immortals Los Angeles based team. So, but Rogue, to give it a little bit of background, Rogue is composed of mainly French players, but it's LA, it's Vegas backed. Um, so it is always, uh, always branded and always, of course, like organized uh, by uh, and as and advertised as an American team, uh, but with mainly, mainly French players. And those French players were uh, in the process of moving to, to Las Vegas to be able to play together and everything. But uh, the fact that they failed uh, shortly um, and, and kind of in a huge disappointment and, 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 and a huge upset uh, that the community saw happening, um, they unfortunately got dismantled and um, and two players are, are looking into signing with Immortals, but two others and three others are uh, actually, yeah, four players, Nox, AKM, Wins, and Nico, which are incredible players, uh, will still have to find people, uh, will still have to find new rosters uh, before the end of the signing period on October 30th. So I feel like that's a trend in, in Overwatch that wherever you come from doesn't really matter anymore. Um, I mean, sure, it doesn't matter, but like if we're talking about. So, my problem with this, mm-hmm. and I've had this conversation with Arya a lot, mm-hmm. is that. Blizzard inadvertently created the esports scene with yep. StarCraft. Yep. And it was always Korea versus everybody else. Mm-hmm. So when I would go to watch StarCraft events, I'm rooting for yeah. America. Like, I'm, I'm rooting <laughs> not for Koreans. And the Korean that I did root for, which is Polt, 
he lived in Texas and he was actually studying in Texas. Uh, so we were like, yeah, he's Captain America. He's the American hope. People would like chant USA when he played. So he felt like he was an American. And I think the Overwatch League, though it sounds like a good idea, is Blizzard's way of going, hey, StarCraft was this huge thing and we missed out. Mm -hmm. Let's not repeat that mistake with Overwatch. But it's not like, I love playing the game. I don't think I enjoy watching it as much as I enjoyed watching StarCraft. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And maybe similar to like, Here's of the Storm. Here's of the Storm is a fun game. But it's not as fun to watch as Dota. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not 100% sure if this is even going to be remotely successful. And it feels like Blizzard has put all their eggs in a basket. So they have to make a miracle happen. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. And mm-hmm. they, they've, are they're hiring a ton right now. In fact, uh, they've got dozens and dozens of positions open, all in the category of esports. So they're obviously building this very large infrastructure. That means a lot of spending. And I can see Wall Street saying, we don't know if this bet is going to pan out because the first time it actually panned out for you, it was kind of happenstance, um, potentially happenstance. I mean, obviously, they had to make a really great, compelling video game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right. yeah, to see... To see what that could mean is interesting. Yeah, yeah. and kind of StarCraft, StarCraft 1 at least, yeah, uh, was fun to watch because it wasn't a balanced game. And the same reason why I like watching Dota, Dota 2 is not a balanced game. It's just a fun game. It's fun to watch, and it's fun to see, oh, my God, I didn't know you could do that. They're so preoccupied with making sure everything has a counter that, okay, they pick Anna, I'm going to pick her counter. Uh, you pick Reinhardt, sure. I'm going to pick your counter. Uh, you pick Orisa, counter. And it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a fun game because you're not changing the meta. It's mm-hmm. too focused on the meta, which I don't think allows people to really grow and make spectacular things from the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely we're definitely uh, working with a uh, shaky, you know, shaky uh, grounds here until uh, until everything kind of like falls into place and the Overwatch League actually kicks off. Uh, maybe we'll hear more when we are live from BlizzCon in two weeks. Who knows? In two or three weeks? I forgot. Three weeks? Ten? That'd be big. 15, 20 days? 20 Seventeen days. days. Guys, I can't wait. We are late to the game, but mm-hmm. we got to talk about some loot boxes. Oh. <laughs> Should you I mean, oh. like the the ones I pay for? Here, let, all the time. let me let me pull up a chair. Uh, here we go. Yeah. Let's, let me let me light up the candles. Yeah, let's sit down and talk about loot boxes for a second. Uh-huh. Um it's getting the pretty bad, huh? Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. <laughs> Microtransactions. Everywhere. Yeah, and and look, we know video game makers have to make money on their games, but for example, I uh, I was one of the people that bought Forza Seven with the VIP membership, like I do every year, and found that my membership benefits were changed on me uh, overnight, essentially. Uh-oh. 
from double, essentially double the currency and XP to five five time use credit tokens uh, from loot boxes and Forza now is I look I've I've played it maybe for a sum total of two hours. Um, they've made a lot of changes this year outside of loot boxes that I'm not very happy with. Uh, mm-hmm. Namely, I think the stuff that people are talking about with the structure of the game before Forza was very, hey, choose whatever you want to do and just kind of go. And now it's kind of pick tier one cars. Then once you're finished with those, you're allowed to buy tier two cars. And once you're finished with those, you're allowed to buy tier three cars and you have to build your collection to be able to. So you have to buy a bunch of cars that you don't want, essentially. Which means you're spending your money constantly, right? Everything in the game now is in service of spending your credits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of a credit saver because I'd save up all my money and then get like the Bugatti Veyron that I wanted. Um, and they have you spending your credits all the time. And the same credits that you use to buy everything, you can use to buy these loot boxes. So when I look at the psychology of the game, it's all about getting small payouts, like eleven, twelve thousand dollars per race, and then turning around and buying these fifty to a hundred thousand dollar cars mm-hmm. to level up your collection, or rolling the dice and potentially getting a much better car if you buy a loot box instead. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not happy. But, <laughs> let's, we know, and we've had the discussion many times, we did a whole episode on how much video games cost, you know, what the math is, how we're paying the least we've ever paid with inflation and all that stuff. But, <laughs> it's, it's, this is starting to become something that I think is affecting the design of our video games, you know? Yeah, especially since it's in almost every single game. Like, I don't think Forza needs loot boxes. Just play the game, have your unlockables as you progress, and then it, it's, it's fine. Um, it's, it gets to the point where it just becomes too much money. And when yeah. I was purchasing, um, because if you have BlizzCon tickets and you have a virtual ticket, you get early access to the, the merch store. And I was buying a whole bunch of stuff. And I added two of the Overwatch blind boxes to my cart. Oh, boy. And then I took them out of my cart. Because I did buy two at Comic-Con. And I got Zarya and Reaper, and I'm like, that's fine. And then I was like, I don't want to get Zarya and Reaper again. And I don't have an, I can't trade it, and I don't want to bring all of these things with me so I could trade it at an event. And all the duplicates I had, I was giving them away. And I'm just like, I can't. Like, I can't do this anymore. I want to open something, know what I'm getting, know what I'm paying for. And I don't appreciate that I have to gamble each and every time. Especially since Hearthstone does it, Heroes of the Storm does it, Dota 2 does it, and Overwatch does it. And I'm like, I'm just going to focus on one. I can't spread myself out like this anymore. I mean, it, the, the whole blind loot box thing is wild, 
right? Because they all have the concept of duplicates that return to you some really unbelievably low value of the in-game currency yeah. back to you. And to think that, you know, if they were transparent about the, the drop rates of these things, if they said, look, there's a one in a million chance, there's a one in, you know, even 50,000 chance that you're going to get this skin, I think there'd be less people that plunk down the money. And then secondly, as much... Uh, the video game industry can't have it both ways. They can't say, hey, don't worry so much about maturity and diversity and great stories and high quality because this is kind of stuff for kids. And then say, hey, this organized systematic gambling and design, psychological design aimed at getting people to spend money is also for kids. That is fucked up true yeah and um and the kids that is in, that that you know sleeps inside of you uh wakes up i i personally uh i'm feeling this burnout and i'm very worried i mean i see all the games that are coming out the triple a games that are coming out um and almost see no exceptions in the concept like of seeing them implementing uh, some sort of a loot box system in their core mechanics yeah and i feel like we're just you know seeing uh the video game industry and the video game developers seeing it as a business opportunity and, and try to incorporate it in a smart way but then i see them trying to push the limit every time every time and what the the line the fine line they don't want to step and and tell me you guys if, if if I'm on the right track here, but I feel like the fine line they're always trying to not step is to feel like it's a pay to win, It's to feel like if someone that plays next sure. to me the same amount of hours puts the same amount of effort plays you know has the same amount of relative success uh, going through missions or races or what whatever you want, um, but is putting a thousand dollar and I'll put zero dollar. Uh, then that will give him an advantage. He will progress more. He will do more. He will win more. And that's the fine line that, I mean, we all we all can agree on that, that the fine line that they should not go, especially if you want to have people cooperate, play in multiplayer, uh, play competitively. Yeah. Uh, if I jump in a game and I'm like, oh, well, I mean, you got the best car because you just spent $100 on, on those, you know, on those rare loot boxes and, and you got that, um then uh then you know then that kind of sucks um that kind of sucks although and, i uh, i agree with that yannick but i think we could we can thank two major people um uh, maybe three if you want to count valve <laughs> in this mm -hmm. equation which why not um, i think i would because like valve really set the stage for cosmetics being desirable Yes. Okay. So Valve definitely innovated in the cosmetic desirability. I think we can thank mobile games, right? At, that had to compete at rock bottom prices. Therefore, all had to become free to play and all had to convince people to spend a buck a thousand times. Um, mm. And that started to come up with psychological concepts like whales. Like, not everyone's going to give you a dollar, but some people are going to give you $2,000, which is very insidious of it in and of itself. And then we look at Activision, right, with what they did with both Destiny 1 and World of Warcraft with Blizzard. You can 
spend 60 hours getting to level 100 in World of Warcraft, or you can buy a token that creates a level 100 character. And so I, I started going down the list, and I said, look, when people can pay to level up immediately, mm-hmm. now you have a shitty, unexperienced co-op partner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you have money and resources of your company and QA testers dedicated to making sure all these systems work, and we still have games broken for their first week out on market, what are we spending our resources on as an industry? And then we just look at the insidious gambling. It's gambling. That's all blind loot boxes are. That is completely unregulated and how awful all that is, and then couple it into it actually is making games more confusing. Half the games that have these loot boxes in it need to have, like, gold and then glimmer, or they need to have your credits and then your glowing bucks. And, like, everything has to be more complicated and more systems and more things to think about and track and earn. And for some large percentage of your players who are never going to give you that extra money. It's just a currency that they don't necessarily know what it is or why it's there. It's... <laughs> I, I just think that we're at this point where they can say it's costing more and more to make these games, so we need to make more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fine I- with that. And, like, go ahead and charge $100 for Destiny 2. And if you say, look... If we charge $100 for these video games, then we're not going to get the player count that we need. Okay, so make half the game and charge $30 for it. You know, like PUBG is an incredible success at $30. PUBG has loot boxes in it, which we can talk about, but purely for cosmetics. And I, I don't think video gamers need $60 video games. And... Uh, the attachment to $60 is some market-busting price point, I think is ridiculous. I think if, mm-hmm. if we see at BlizzCon, you know, in two weeks or three weeks, whatever it is, they come out and they go, Diablo 4, it's 150 bucks. Everybody be like, what? But then <laughs> if they explain that it's like four times the game of Diablo 3, and Diablo 3 people actually spent 60 bucks and then another... 30 and then another 30 and then another 10 to get all the expansions and the extra characters okay that's mm. how much the game costs yeah now you touched on something and i think we can close down on that but i will i will i will really emphasize that as long as it's for cosmetics i'm totally fine with it exactly you know if you want to look silly if you want to look good and you have the money to put on it um do it you it's know money i'm the one time i am the one yeah i'm the one who's like every event and and this recent halloween overwatch event with beautiful skins uh really well designed i want to also shout out to their team uh, nobody's listening but it really is one of the best skins i've ever seen in this game so, so far and yeah. uh as like new seam uh, released post-launch and um I paid my 11 loot boxes. I gave my $10 like I most time, most of the time do. But what I don't like is that it seems to be really helping with the core mechanics of the Forza Motorsport game, which is like, you know, not only not credits only currency are, gets you, yeah. not only credits get you skin, they get you cars. Yeah. 
That's like, they get you cars, the thing you drive with. It's not, it doesn't give you a spray paint. It doesn't give you a yeah. new set of uh, tires or whatever. It gives you the actual car that you will play. And yeah. if you don't, and you have this fear of missing out. And so you're so pressured. And that's, that's where it goes too far. That's where the fine line is. And it's not just cosmetics. It's actually content. You know, and I and I will say I, I, I always hated how I saw Forza Motorsport with the third one that I played extensively. I always hated it seeing this pattern of them releasing a patch of 20 cars every three months through a DLC. Yeah. And now they've seemed to kind of like, oh, the community hates DLC. Well, let's give them all of them for free, but locked and then they'll have to unlock them. By, you know, by farming or by, you know, by getting those credits. Um, yeah. But it's what, wild. What, what Forza Motorsport is giving you is this dream of being able to drive those beautifully designed cars uh, from all those beautiful, you know, manufacturers. Uh, Except and, Toyota. And, and, Toyota's and, out of the game this year. And switch, switch, <laughs> switch back and forth. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, I know. All I want to drive is out. my little Toyota Yaris and I can't. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right, that's enough about loot boxes. Look, I don't think any of us love them. Um, we all here have bought them. I've bought a pack of Overwatch loot boxes, too. And I think you keep hearing the same rhetoric. I know we got to stop talking about this. You keep hearing the same rhetoric, which is like, Dota does it right, or Overwatch does it right. And when they say does it right, they mean somebody's making cosmetics, and people are choosing to buy them. Some people are choosing to get them blindly. In the case of Dota and the Steam market, some people are choosing to outright buy them. I think if Overwatch, you could just outright buy a skin, people you can would. If... Right? Yeah, mm -hmm. you can. Mm -hmm. So if you have, like, legendary skins cost 3,000 in-game gold. Yeah. So it's just a matter of if you have that, which most people, like, hoard their golds for these events, then you can purchase all the legendary skins. And you don't have to go in blindly and see... And hope for it. And there is, we do know that every 13 and a half crates gets you a legendary item. Mm -hmm. That does not mean it's a legendary skin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, for me, it usually means a legendary Soldier 76 voice line. Victory pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The fact that those things can be legendary is a joke. Anyway, okay. Tell me something good. Yannick, hit me with some fresh. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's the good. Um, we've heard about the Weinstein, huh? Ryan, I don't know what Ryan is doing. He's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, is doing, Ryan is recording the podcast standing up, and he's never felt that energetic right now. He's what, so, never felt that good. That's true. Um, that's true. <laughs> we're not going to talk about Harvey Weinstein, even though this is now a film podcast, right? We're, no, we're, yes, we're, we're now a cinema podcast. What a um, human dirt. Anyway, but with this with this dirt uh, comes some people that uh, feel confident to speak out, yeah. and it has happened to my surprise uh, about a famous video game studio called Naughty Dog, and a former an environment artist and multiplayer level layout artist um, that was uh, fired, and I'll put that in quotes because it's actually you know was terminated in 2016, but that's not that's what I'm going to talk about right now. Uh, David Ballard came out on Twitter October 14th and sent out a seven-part, um, seven-tweet, you know, cut uh, statement 
saying that in late 2015, he was sexually harassed at Naughty Dog by a lead. Um, the work environment became extremely toxic afterwards. Uh, in February 2016, I had a mental breakdown at work, and Sony PlayStation HR became involved. When I told them about the harassment, they ended the call and fired me the next day. They cited the company was moving in a different direction, and my job was no longer needed. They tried to silence me by offering me $20,000 if I sent a letter agreeing to the termination as well as to not discuss it with anyone. I declined to sign. I have been employed for 17 months since. When interviewers ask why I left Naughty Dog, I say I was burned out. Uh, by the crunch, ashamed to get to the root of the problem of being sexually harassed. I'm speaking out now because of the strength I've seen in others coming forward about their experiences in the TV slash film industry and he ends with a, a final tweet this is the hardest thing i've ever done i will not let anyone kill my drive or love for the video game industry my passions or life okay and i will not go where people go and try to question whether or not this is true or this is a lie to try to have him be i don't know like put in a spotlight I, or whatever i feel um, like with men because there there's a certain stigma for men Men don't get harassed. Right. Men don't get raped. Men don't get this. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, men can't get abused. They're the abusers. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do damage to anyone, regardless of race, gender, or whatever random identifier. So I think this is... This is interesting because, like, a lot of women have come up and there's been a whole rally behind women. And it's like, yes, we should hear our voices. Uh, but I don't know what the feedback for him or, like, what the fallout or what's been going on with him has been like. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't really, like, tried to find the people that were kind of, like, complaining, not complaining, but questioning is... Uh, his honesty and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, he worked he worked on The Last of Us and worked on a several Uncharted games and uh, he's been employed ever since and, and whatnot. But what I what I want to say is just to, like, you know, uh, the video game industry is hard and we talk about it on this podcast all the time. It's something I like to outline. I've read a recent book uh, by um, uh, Jason Schreier, uh, and yeah. I forgot the name of the book, but you know, kind of like giving I think you it, blood, sweat, and pixels. You blood, you, sweat, and pixels. Talked yeah. oh, I talked about it, and uh, man, this is hard. And uh, and from first of all, I want to congratulate Bother for stepping up and 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 you know communicating and sharing about this. Um, but I, you know, I just want to. I just didn't want to make it too heavy. I just wanted to report the report that, and I wanted to encourage those kind of. Um, people, those kind of behaviors, people stepping up and 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 going for honesty, going for, um, I want to say, uh, speaking up instead of trying to and, and avoiding being silenced. Um, it always kind of saddens me, and and thank God I have a really healthy and and nice work environment where this, uh, you know, where I, it never happened to me, but I cannot imagine how difficult that could be. Um, and, and, and I want to, you know, give a shout out there to all the game developers. Cause we, and we just did, <laughs> we, we give them shit, you know, yeah. that we are passionate. We give them shit. <laughs> we, we want those p pieces of pixel moving the right way in our lazy screen. devs, uh, lazy yeah. devs. And, um, Reddit is here for us to unleash uh, the wrath. 
but um, Naughty but Dog this... did respond, and they said, "We have not found any evidence of having received allegations from Mr. Ballard that he was harassed in any way at Naughty Dog or Sony Interactive Entertainment." Mm-hmm. Okay. And well, you know, and it we'll, goes and we'll... on to say harassment and inappropriate conduct have no place at Naughty Dog and Sony. Blah blah blah. Generic, generic. We have taken and always will take reports of sexual harassment and other workplace grievances very seriously. Blah 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 blah. We value every single person, and we try to maintain a safe and productive work environment. Cool. More blah, blah, blah. Generic, generic, generic. Generic, generic. Yeah, because, I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, in this system, the, the, the companies are always kind of like, the, unfortunately, sometimes the winners. And uh, in Are they the winners, though, in, like, considering the climate in a court of public opinion, this is, like, a very generic... Uh, there were, we don't know, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't, we're not sure, but mm-hmm. we won't stand for it. Yeah. yeah. Trust us. You know, uh, look, uh, no one here, myself, myself most of all, is a perfect person. Um, I've, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've said things and done things um, that are stupid and and inappropriate, not in not in a sexual way, um, but you know it. This is something where nobody has the right to make you feel uncomfortable at mm-hmm. your job. And it, you know, I know a lot of maybe young listeners listen to this show. I hope not, because our language and, and some of the stuff we talk about. But uh, if you do, like the things that your parents taught you about, be nice to others and treat others as you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. That's true, and it stays true forever. So mm-hmm. just do that, and you're going to be fine. all your digital devices have a recording option, so use it. Mm-hmm. Use your tech around you if you feel something is happening. And if you have a Google Wait. Home, don't even worry about it. It's recording anyway. Mm-hmm. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Because <laughs> you're the product. <laughs> ah, Gross. Sandy. But yeah, but it's it's always you know it's and for me to finish oh, it, uh, it's it's good it's good that people speak up and I, I like to see that and I like to see that in the in- industry that I'm passionate about. I don't like to see it happening, and that's not what I'm saying. But I like to see people um, speak up, you know, use you speak up and and use their voice because we tend to just um, have this you know those black curtains uh, in front of what's happening in the in the video game industry in many ways. We don't know how hard it is to make a game. Uh, we don't know how hard it is for all those employers to to meet the deadlines and and feel the pressure and everything, and and this is one other thing that you know you tend to sometimes forget when you actually play those games and complain on Reddit. So, uh, a good reminder for all for all uh, video game players here and video game passionate. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of nice. Very nice. Lift us up. New York Comic Con, the OG team that created Mortal Kombat was there mm-hmm. celebrating the 25th anniversary of wow. Mortal Kombat. I was so wow. jealous to see these pictures. Years. So jealous. Uh, I thought Ed Boon was like the really crazy one with the really weird out there ideas for fatalities, but it wasn't. It was his partner, John Tobias. <laughs> yeah, Ed Boon seems like a pretty good business guy to me. He was probably maybe fire. Yeah. I don't know. He's mm. uh, most of the team... Well, actually, the entire team is still working on Mortal Kombat with the exception of John Tobias. So that was really special. And 
just hearing their stories of the, like, yeah, we were 21, 22, and we said we could ship this product in six months. And uh, <laughs> don't say that when you're young and foolish. And yeah. every single thing that they thought of was like, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if we did X, Y, Z. And I'm like, wow. What were you guys drinking? Like energy bowls, <laughs> energy bowls, energy drinks the entire time, and just going. You know, it's great if when you punch someone, you rip their heart out, and then they were just one upping each other. Actually, Sandy, fatalities. that sounds more like cocaine. I think that's what you're <laughs> thinking of. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 1992, not yeah, exactly. Oh, they seem like wholesome young men. They probably were. They probably they probably were. <laughs> Um, and I think uh, the funny part was John Tobias was talking about how he was drawing the dragon, the logo, and his younger sister came in and was like, "Why are you drawing a seahorse?" Oh wow! And he's it like, "It's like a, a dragon. <laughs> Once you see it, you can't unsee it." Sorry, guys. Oh, God, the seahorse. Um, that was that was really fun, and hearing the whole process of it. And the franchise is still alive today. Yeah, do you guys have any Mortal Kombat memories? I've I've played, I think, all the Mortal Kombats at this point, um, with the exception of, you know, certain weird or niche additions. Um, but, yeah, I, I have an unabashed love for Mortal Kombat, and I think the last two have been really great, except for the last one had loot boxes. <laughs> Keep them away from me. Uh, one get second. Loot boxes out here. A one in, second. Injustice has them too. Yeah, injustice oh, yeah, has yeah, a ton yeah. of. Ju injustice at least calls the like straight up calls them loot boxes. They they've been calling it the crypt for a while in Mortal Kombat, but it's all just a way to get you to, you know, just give us more money. Give us more money. I don't know why these fighting games need so much money. Uh, because they don't. A lot of people don't really buy them. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> You Fair. mean they do, but they don't. Um, okay. I want to talk very quickly about two things. Uh, I am really going to be quick, I promise. Uh, I've been playing two games on Switch. They're both really good. Yeah. Um, one of them is called Stardew Valley, which, of course, if you guys remember, is the whole reason I built a gaming PC. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am rebuying the game. I didn't actually connect with the game very well on PC. Um but something about that Switch form factor and the pick-up-and-go gameplay makes that game a lot more palatable for me. Also, <laughs> saving takes forever. I don't know why, but every time you go to sleep at night and save your game, it, we're talking about like 30-plus seconds to save a game. I don't know okay. what the hell is going on. <laughs> retro. Retro. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, in a bad way. Um, I'm just getting started with that, just getting my feet wet. It's good so far. Um, and secondly, I, I talked a little bit about it last week, told people to rush out and buy it, SteamWorld Dig 2. Now it's available for everybody, just about everywhere. I think it's on PC, PS4, Xbox, whatever, Mac, who knows. Uh, yeah, Vita, Mac, it's on Vita. Um, so, yeah, I know, Vita. Um in Steam World Dig is a game like kind of Dig Dug, where you dig around, and it is the sequel to Steam World Dig One, which was a PlayStation Vita game. Uh, I think a Nintendo 3DS game originally. 
um, where you're essentially going through. There's a giant mine shaft, and you dig down, ding, 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 and you get rid of blocks, and there's obstacles. And almost like Zelda, now they've added in SteamWorld Dig 2 these mini challenge dungeons that you go into, and one of them, uh, I'll give you an example, it's called The Floor is Lava. And everywhere, the floor, the roof, everything has switches on it. And if you press any of the switches, the door that you have to get to locks. So you have to find a way to get through a pretty complex map uh, all without touching any surfaces. Uh, it's really cool and really fun. And the game start to finish maybe is, um, you know, six to ten hours for the campaign. But it's much bigger than the first. There's a ton of ways to upgrade your character, customize your abilities, and and spend upgrade cogs to, to for example, give yourself additional save points and stuff like that. Um, as well as you can slowly but surely, Resident Evil style, get the silver pickaxe and the gold pickaxe and the diamond pickaxe, you know, all that stuff. Um, it's amazing, and it's 15 bucks. Um, yeah, that's a great price. Yeah, it's unbelievable, and it contains no loot boxes hmm. <laughs> what? how did it. they do it how did they make a great video game without loot boxes um so it's really cool y- yannick if you need a palate cleanser while you're returning to orbit steam world dig <laughs> it's really good i heard i heard even curtis your brother is loving it we um, both played i played the first steam world dig and I had it downloaded when I was, for a short stint, living on Curtis's couch. Um, <laughs> and I said, Kurt, just try this game. And he was like, it looks bad. <laughs> looks bad. You know how Curtis looks is. Bad. <laughs> oh, this yeah, looks a bad game. 20-something-year-old who knows everything about everything <laughs> in the world. <laughs> exactly. Sounds exactly like him. He played it and loved it. Fell in love with it. I think he be- you can beat it in one night, the first game. Um, and, uh, yeah, when I told him number two came out and that it was on switch, but it, the, the ongoing theme with anybody with a switch is whenever a game is announced, we go, is it coming to switch? Um, because we love playing on it. So, yeah, it seems like a great experience. Um, yeah, I'll bring it to BlizzCon. Yeah, I'll play yes, it. Sir. I'll want to play it. Um, I want to get my hands on it. I haven't actually played maybe just once just handled like. Uh, Aaron Miller, one of my colleagues and one of Sandy's colleagues as well, um, and he has let me uh, try and use the, the that on playing like a little bit, like five minutes of Zelda. So actually, yeah, I haven't oh, yeah. really got my hands on it. But I want to share a little bit of my one of my GA. Unless Sandy, you have something else. You have like a piece of news. But quickly, my GA, I went and saw my friend David, who is a good, good friend, a uh, good French friend from the city, and. Um, I did go uh, to the Amazon truck two weeks ago and pick up the Super Nintendo Classic Edition. We right? remember. And when, when you were, when you were uh, waiting at night, I was just like not caring about it until 11 a.m. hits and the uh, Amazon truck had it on sale. <laughs> and I, I, picked it, I picked it up with a couple of my colleagues and, and made the G of offering it to him. And, and I have to say, I've, I, I spent one of the uh, most refreshing night on Friday night. Uh, after we did like a movie night thing, pizza stuff, we... We plugged it in. I offered it to him a little bit early. I think his 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 um, uh, birthday is on October twenty seventh, but I you know I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait for the anticipation, <laughs> and uh, and he was super excited. Gave me a huge hug, and then we played Street Fighter two, where I got uh, like crushed. I got because <laughs> he's a little bit older than me. I'm not gonna lie, and uh, the two of them were. 
a little bit older than me and and they remembered everything and i was like what are you guys talking about i don't I didn't even i didn't know the controls but they seemed to know everything about the frame like how to some how to cheese with certain characters like with honda how to do the unlimited like punch oh, oh my yeah, god yeah, the, yeah. oh and i was like what is this and i was like i felt frustrated but it was like so refreshing to see them fight and i i had to post the whole night on instagram stories it was hilarious people left their building uh, I of saw that. anger that funny. Uh, people left the building of anger and you know how french like to smoke when they're angry so that's why they probably left the building <laughs> um but it was epic and man yeah that was good this is a this is a good gift if you guys ever think about that and apparently yeah the the classic the nes classic not the super nintendo classic but the nes classic is coming back they're re it's coming you know, back back in production and 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 they're, they're bringing it back so Nintendo felt really good. Putting, it's they're like some. I think Sam Beckett quantum leaped into Reggie Fils-Aimé's body, and he's putting <laughs> right what once went wrong. That's a. Don't tell anyone what that reference is if you know. I just it's a real deep cut. Mm-hmm. It's real deep. That cut is the deepest. All right. Uh, speaking of birthdays, Uh-oh. whose birthday is it tomorrow? Um, it's not me. It's not me. It's it's not me. Uh, it's <laughs> not you guys. Damn no, it. it's not us. <laughs> okay. Yay, Ryan. All right, it's my birthday. Yeah. Ryan's birthday. Ryan. <laughs> so go on Twitter. Send your wishes. <laughs> You'll be late, but we'll accept it. I'd say don't steal my identity, but I'm sure Equifax already has that covered. Yes, oh, tomorrow is my they birthday. <laughs> it's not like we're. It's not like when I was like, "Hey, my birthday's this, this on this year." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, thank you for the happy birthday. Feels birthday man to you. Feels birthday man to you. Feels birthday man to you, Ryan. Feels birthday man to you. And many more. Wait, I can't sing my own. I can't sing my own birthday song. No, that's bad. You luck. can. You can do whatever you want. Is oh, it? What gift? What treat? Did you give yourself? 2017. Did you treat yourself? Any video game stuff you treat yourself with? I haven't. I would hold these up and show them to you guys, but Jessica got me um, a beautiful set of prints. Um, one of them is the the original patent for the first personal computer with Steve oh. Jobs' name on it. The uh, the Lisa was it or yes the yeah the Macintosh. I don't know, but the patent for the first personal computer, and then the two thousand seven six patent for the first iPhone. Um, and those oh. are framed, and they're black and white, and they're gorgeous. And the the iPhone one has Steve Jobs' signature on it. Wow, That's a, those are a thing. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, it's really she's so awesome. creative. I think she found I them on Etsy. Her. They're probably on Etsy or something. But uh, she's amazing. They're awesome. You guys are her. amazing. Thank you, Yannick and Sandy. I know that uh, you you have lots of love for me, and I appreciate it. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, you have some news for us. <laughs> segue it's a uh, weird segue we're trying to make you feel bad about it that's why the, the segue is that ign and humble bundle have joined forces <laughs> and you know what reddit thought it was a great idea um really <laughs> no you read it on reddit uh okay so the the news is uh for listeners of the show the show might be changing soon because 
BlizzCon uh, in two weeks is going to be my last official uh, episode as host of Pixels Weekly. Um, so this might be surprising to some of you. This uh, this might be something that you might say. The whole reason I listen to the show is only Ryan. I don't even know who the other two people are. So why why would I keep listening? Um, ah, uh, the first yeah. First of all, <laughs> wicked harsh, dude. <laughs> and the second of all is every listener that's written in has just been like, I think Sandy and Yannick are great, and Ryan stinks like doo doo. <laughs> so could be making this up. I don't know because I don't know what's going on right no, now. No, it's true. Okay. Remember when that guy wrote in? He was like, oh, Ryan, Ryan's always talking about Nintendo stuff. I want to hear about <laughs> Destiny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is it's been an amazing run. Um, obviously. Doing two shows is complicated. Uh, the other show that I'm involved in, I'm not editing and uh, and doing prepare for in the same way that I do on this show. Um, but hopefully we're going to talk about over the next two weeks what it means for the future of the show, um, how they're going to, you guys are going to transition or if things are going to wind down or wind up or whatever direction you want to wind them. Um, but I want to say that uh, I remember a year and a half ago coming to you guys and saying, do you guys want to do this thing? I really want to do this thing. And I really want to do it with you two. Um, and you guys both said yes. And it's been amazing. And uh, I'm going to try not to get sad on the air about it. But thank you for awesome. everything. Someone's got feelings. <laughs> I've, got, I've got feelings. And, got the feels. Uh, if you guys continue to do the show, you bet. I'm going to drop my ass in and have an opinion or two. Uh, there's no way I'm not going to be talking about Mario next week as well. So um, we'll certainly give you updates and then something that, you know, we all have jobs and all have like life and we totally understand like that, you know, your life go through certain stages and this went, you know, through different chapters and this was like a great chapter and, uh, and we respect the decision, even though we're sad, I think, right, Sandy, you can join me saying that, but then <laughs> with Sandy, with Sandy, I, will, uh, Sandy, no, Sandy's I am like, overwhelmed fuck. with joy. Yeah. Uh, by, like, you can tell by yeah. the tone of my voice. Guys, I'm still going to be in the discord. I'm still going to be, yeah. you know, we'll have our group text message still going and it, listeners, I'm still going to see mail that comes through the website and I, I'm going to try and write and contribute to the site still. So yeah, 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 I'm yeah. not really gone. Um, but at the same time, I am. And yeah, we are. Think... Uh, we're excited to 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 keep to keep it alive and and to keep it evolved and keep it fresh for you guys. And and because the what matters at the end is the listeners, right? And uh, and yeah. hopefully we can still entertain everyone and and have a good time at the same time. But it will certainly feel different. But we hope that everyone is here uh, with us. Hey guys, before we get out of here this week, we got a new type of stat from our podcast mm -hmm. provider. I don't mm. know if you've seen it, it, but now there is a map that tells us where the downloads oh. are coming from. And the most downloaded country might surprise you. It's Russia. <laughs> it is not Russia. Do you want to take a guess, Yannick? Yeah. Uh, Canada? It is not Canada. The number oh, one country... Because it's not the U.S. Because you made it sound like it's really special. It is not the U.S. We are downloaded in is Tokyo, Japan. Yay! <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, Japan 
big shout out, Konnichiwa, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I think what we want to say is arigato. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Damn it. I knew Damn I would mess it up. I have oh. arigato. Stupid uh, American. I know. I'm sick. <laughs> um, but oh, ma- man, hey, maybe regular good. Ryan goes away, and then the person who comes on the podcast is Chibi Ryan, mm-hmm. and we get something going here. But um, yeah. <laughs> So big shout well, out to Tokyo, fun. Japan. That's really hey, that's cool, isn't that, it? That's a huge honor because that's the place for video games, right? Right. Yeah. That's the place. For, that's the place for pop culture, right there. That's true. So when you guys take over hosting duties, I really expect to hear a new theme song, a new take on it. Maybe the show you have to listen to it top to bottom as opposed to left to right. <laughs> or backwards. Backwards. You know. Yeah, you have to listen to the whole thing. No, but uh, isn't that cool? So, what an amazing hey, thing. Very cool. Very exciting. Um, as always, you can get... We haven't been doing the good show outro lately. We need to get back on track. I know. Uh, I know. As always, you can get every episode of Pixels Weekly for free at pixelsweekly.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at PixelsCastin. On Instagram and Snapchat or whatever Cindy has set up is yeah. Pixels Weekly. Instagram, Pinterest, Pinterest, Snapchat. I don't really do the Snapchat. I'm sorry. We got to get mm. Tencent going now that we know about Japan. <laughs> oh, okay. Make no. Gotta be on Tencent. Um, Tencent. So there we go. She's opening an account She's right now. <laughs> what? I know. Okay. Go where you're loved. Go where you're loved. Um, and. I think that does it for us for the next two weeks. So the next episode is BlizzCon. Um, it's going to be kind of probably a weird recording. We're going to be on the road. I don't know how it's going to work. Um, I maybe know short, I'm... maybe long, maybe live from the event. We're going to have to figure it out live. Yeah, I'd hate to ask you guys to bring your... Uh, mic? I can. Mic I have a little portable mic. Okay, oh. yeah, yeah potentially. Maybe another thing we could do is if you bring your... Um, headphones and phone. It's not going to be a super great recording, but it'll at least be something. Mm-hmm. Um, we can capture things that way. But yeah, I'm going to bring my mic and at least at least one mic, maybe two or three, and uh, and a amp for us to record down there. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll Ladies and gentlemen, this is how you plan a podcast on the road. Live on, on the, the air. <laughs> <laughs> Arigato, everybody. This has been Pixels Weekly. We'll see you. Wait, 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 wait. In uh, two weeks. In, in two weeks, but we have to say the goodbyes. How do we do that now that I messed yeah. it up? Oh. It's a good thing. <laughs> I'm not going to be on the show know. forever. Um, and until next time. Adios. Au revoir. And we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>